Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. So where are you headed? Aspen. Mmm, California. Beautiful. The Charles Schwab Challenge delivered great golf, a Webb Simpson win, and a cut line that was on point with last weekend's slate. Now, if you want half-ass analysis, find a different show. But if you want a podcast that can lay the smackdown like the Rock at WrestleMania, lame, the cut line is your show. And as much as we can analyze the second tournament since the return to PGA... And as much as we can sing about the best damn calls of the weekend, the beat rolls on as the cut line breaks down the Travelers' Championship at River Highlands. Now, this is often the second most attended PGA tournament on tour, but there will be no fans here in Connecticut. But before we break down the Travelers, hello Canada, hello Australia, hello USA, hello UK, hello Spain, hello Germany. Hello, New Zealand, and drumroll please, Zach. <laughs> Hello, Ireland. What? Rory? We are going to add Ireland to our long list of international listeners. Before we get into this week's show, the cut line is dedicated to bringing you the best PGA DFS content out there. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and, and, and. Google Play and google play so if you enjoy what you're hearing please subscribe leave a comment a nice one preferably and this ball will keep it rolling now if you haven't listened to the cut line well now something has been done kick those old douches to the curb it's time you got a nice douche Ooh, that feels good as i often ask where the hell have you been but we are here for you to provide the best analysis to help you win big on Sunday. I'm Mike Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. And the Travelers is here. And do we have a special show on tap for you? If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper Come let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks Or Rumbarellas in their midst <laughs> Oh lord uh, it's, it's hands down one of my favorite One of my favorite Okay, so I can't anyway. do this show alone. <laughs> On the other side of the mic is my man Mulligan Manafort. Zero Iron Zack, Mad Money Manafort, My Time Manafort, Zack Attack, the man with the master plan. 
my favorite co-host. He's rolling in the dough, just like Adele is rolling in the deep. Ooh. Zach Manafort, what's up, partner? Hey, how'd you it, golf that day? Oh, it was uh, it was not good, not good. Uh, it was probably Dustin Johnson esque from last the end of last year. It was pretty bad. Mm. I was not pleased. Even with best ball, we. I wouldn't even call it best ball. It was bad. Bad ball. You played bad ball. It was bad. It was the best of the worst ball, actually. Mm-hmm. But well, good. At least, I'm, I'm glad. At least you were golfing. Yeah, I got out there. It's been a while. A couple months. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Good, bad, ugly. We're looking at last weekend's tournament at the Schwab. Yeah, Start with I mean, your good. How, how'd you do? I mean, I did, I did overall, I did great. I, I, I had web and everything. I had a lot of uh, Poulter. Uh, the problem is I also had a lot of Sunjay, pretty much everything that had a chance. So good uh, web, bad and ugly Sunjay, but I feel good about the process. And I think I just overlooked how bad Sunjay was here last year, and he showed that he can't putt at the RBC. I, I agree. I agree. And I lucked out. And this was my good, is that I ended up with barely any Sunjay. And... I know we talked him up on the show a little bit, the Terminator. We didn't go into great depths on him, but um, it, it was kind of one of those ironic things throughout my process and builds. Like I didn't end up wanting a lot of Sungjae in just because of ownership. And I ended up only, like in my 150 max, I think it was like six lineups that had Sungjae. So that really paid off. And I didn't have him in the three maxes, which was astounding because he was one of the most popular guys. And it really yeah. just gave a leg up. Um, but going with my bad. My bad is the fact that I couldn't piece them all together in the same lineup. Like, I had Hovland, I had Neiman, I had Webb Simpson, I had tons of Webb Simpson overweight on him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I had Rory, I had all these guys who made the cut. I just couldn't piece them together in the right lineup with the with the low-priced guys. And I think that would be my bad. It was just bad luck. Um, still, still made a boatload of money, but again, it's about the process. I, I kind of always stress that if you're results based, you're not going to do well in DFS. If if you understand what you're doing, you know you're going to do well. You're going to win the big one eventually. Yeah, just got to keep plugging away. Eventually, it all comes together. Uh, ugly, my monsters, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think both of us were in that boat. I mean, Tringali missed, like, didn't even attend the tournament injury. We didn't, we didn't get reason why. But and then uh, Grio sucked. I'm not surprised. I can't say I'm shocked. I will second my ugly with giving some like support to Sergio Garcia on Saturday evening on a Twitter on, tw- on Twitter. You did. I saw that. I was wondering if you were going to say anything. And- I had to, man. I mean, the guys like as usual. He can't putt, but I mean, if he could just putt, like. He's going to win this tournament. And then right after that, like I said, the only other guy who fits this mold is Abraham Answer. He finished in second, right? Yeah. I mean, he did phenomenal. So, uh, you're ugly? Uh, I would just go Sanjay. I just completely missed it. I don't know why. No, I no, 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 no. I'm just saying you're ugly. You are. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, that's true. Too, but... No, Sanjay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Now, the cut line is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis the Travelers Championship, and we're going to do the best we can. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? I guess it's all that pumping. To give you the best opportunity to cash on Sunday. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside send traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And please, please, no sexting. No sexting at all. 
Now the goal of the cut line is to make sure not only is your tournament lineup in the green, but so is your bankroll. The cut line is here to give you plays to build your best lineups week in and week out. Rat shit, bat shit, dirty old twat. 69 assholes tied in a knot. Hooray, lizard shit, fuck! So if you have any issues with your lineups, Zach and I are going to make sure that you get all the information that you need to simply build better. As always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide in our analysis. But more importantly, Zach, it's Wednesday night. Lineups lock the next morning. What are you going to be doing? I don't know if you've heard, but here in Hawaii, we just had a shipment on a cargo tanker flip over containers into the ocean. So I'm going to be going some free diving and see if I can get some free stuff. What was lost? They don't know yet. Uh, a bunch of giant like Connex containers, 12 footers, full of stuff, like right outside the harbor. Okay. So I will be swimming with the fishes. Well, now I will be on Fanshare Sports. Fanshare Sports gives you the best ownership projections in the industry. How do I know this? Because I do the ownership projections for Fanshare Sports. Now, if you're ending up on the wrong end of the flag stick, it's probably because you're not using Fanshare. So I ask you, how are your lineups doing? But this week is all about a quick listener question. $20, Zach. Real simple. I don't put it in the Millie. I play $20 in the Minimax, and I get as many lineups as possible. Done deal. I don't understand why people don't understand that. Oh, that's a great idea. What's the, the single bullet theory? It's terrible. Anyways... TPC River Highlands, Connecticut, Travelers Championship. What are the golfers looking at this weekend? Well, this is my uh, my hometown. I grew up uh, about 10 minutes away from here, so that's always fun. Uh, you already kind of covered the, the second highest spectator attendance on tour, but it'll be interesting with that not being the case this year. So what we've got this week, par 70, 6,841 yards. Uh, when they played it last year in 2019, it ranked 19th out of 49 courses in course difficulty, so a little bit harder than we're used to seeing. We got about 69 sand traps and four water hazards that are on play on four holes. A majority of the course is the 12 par fours, and there's only two par fives here, which make it par, uh, par 70. The grass on the greens is bent, but it's overseeded with overseeded with poa. So the best really way to attack that is to kind of look at bent grass green stats. I would lean towards, and then if you really can't decide, just look at everything but Bermuda. Uh, so for me. I'm looking at this as another one of those courses where we're taking the big hitters kind of out of the game. So they have a little bit of play here, but in terms of driving distance last year, it was 10th on tour with an average of about 277 yards, which isn't that far. So they're also some of the easiest fairways to hit on average of almost 70%. So it's not hard off the tee. It's not hard getting it to the green. The problem is you get in trouble with the bunkers around the green and the green itself. The, 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 Green itself is ranked one of the top 15 hardest on tour. As the further away you get, the harder the putts become. So if you got guys that aren't good at proximity here uh, and hitting it out of some up and downs, you're just going to be in trouble. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on. Uh, in the past, we have seen wind be an issue, uh, especially on the final holes around the lake. Um, looking at the weather this year, there looks like there could be a little bit of a weather advantage coming into play. So on Thursday afternoon, there's going to be uh, some all right winds with gusts up to about 15 miles an hour and maybe a little bit of rain towards the evening. Uh, but Friday afternoon, we're looking at gusts between 17 and potentially 21 miles an hour. So you may have 
an advantage going uh, Thursday p.m. to Friday a.m. tea time. Uh, still up in the air because we're kind of far away, but just keep an eye on it. Uh, Saturday and Sunday look about the same. Uh, Saturday is going to be pretty windy in the afternoon, potentially some heavy rain overnight uh, and into the morning Sunday. Uh, and then the winds on Sunday don't look too bad, pretty even. Uh, so, you know, just keep an eye on it as we get closer, uh, just to make sure that if you have a, a, a tea time advantage, that you can take advantage of it. Uh, for key stats for me, uh, based off all that, I'm rolling with strokes gained on short game. I want GIRs gained, although the, the greens aren't hard to hit, I need the guys to make sure that they, they can dial them in. Par 4 from 400 to 450, which encompasses 7 of the 12 par 4s. Scrambling, going to be pretty tough around the greens. Proximity, 150 to 175, which is primarily where the second shots are coming from on this course. Strokes gained around the green, and then uh, strokes gained approach, not as much, but I'm just throwing it in there as well. And that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Uh, I looked at how I looked at it last year, and I just tweaked it a little bit um, by adding in the around the green that I didn't have. Uh, but that's how I'm running at, running at the course this year. What do you think about that? Well, with with as strong as the field is, I'm most definitely taking in some of those golfer skills. So ball striking, like you mentioned. But I'm going to look at driving distance. And the reason is, is not because I expect them to be driving the green on all these sharp par fours. But they are going to have you know wedges into the green instead of seven six five irons so it's something that i want to take advantage of most definitely want to look at approach birdie or better percentage bounce back percentage even though uh bogeys really aren't that penalizing here like they were last week you don't have those blow up holes like woodland had where he quadded or like uh spieth had in the first round where he had like a triple or a quad in, in the in the first nine so you're not going to see that here in connecticut so it's not that bad but they are you know and the fairways are hit pretty often compared to the tour average so i'm not too concerned about driving accuracy but um good drives for sure and then um, approach, proximity, and scoring. That's what we're looking at, DraftKings scoring. I, I want the guys who are going to score me a lot of points, win me some money. I'm with you there. I mean, I, I, the only thing I had to debate on you with is driving distance. I don't know. I'm just not in, I'm not sold on it this week. It hasn't been the case here a lot. And I just, with some of the trees lining the way, I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to have as many opportunities as, as you think. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's something that data golf specifically is really stressed in their, in their blogs and their articles and everything else. And it is incredible to just to note how much distance plays in terms of a factor of your ability to score and, you know, go low and win tournaments. Um, it's just the way golf's evolved. So it, I should find the leak. I'll, I'll post it up on Twitter at some point so people can listen but, or can read it. But it, it, I'm all about distance for almost every tournament that we, we go to now. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, see the, I see the angle. I just don't know if I, I buy into it yet. Mm. He's two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. Well, it takes us to our birdie or better segment where Zach and I will break down our uh, top tiers of golfers all the way from the 11K to the 7K range in our DraftKings player pool. We're going to look at our favorite plays of the week. And Zach, we're going to start off in that 11 to 10K range. And I already know where we always go with you in this range, but why not? Kick it off. Pass. Pass. Uh, no, uh, again, I, three weeks in a row, I feel like I repeat myself, but uh, stick to a common theme. I just don't like this range. I don't like paying for guys up here that 
you win or you're done. And I just don't think, I mean, none of the guys up here have won in this event. The best we've seen is Justin Thomas in 2016 took third. Uh, other than that, you got a bunch of T8s and T9s as their ceiling. So I don't know. Yeah, it's a strong field, but I don't want to pay for any of these guys. And if I have to choose, I absolutely have to gun on my head choose. I'll choose Rory here. And the only reason I'm doing it is because he's got a T12 and a T17 back in 18 and 17. Uh, he looked not the greatest, though, the last couple of weeks with the 41st and the 32nd at the Schwab. I really just don't want to play anybody. So, you know what? I take it back. I pass in this whole range. All right. I, I'm going to go Oppie this week. And it could crush me. It literally could devastate, you know, me this week. But I love this entire range and i love the concept of going with a stars and scrubs build all weekend long simply because people are going to look at the last two tournaments they're going to see who's hot and some of these guys are going to be way over owned some of these 9k 8k guys the 7k guys who are doing well like look at neiman Neiman is probably going to be one of the chalkiest plays. Victor Hovland, one of the chalkiest plays. Not to say they're not great golfers, but I'm not going to eat chalk on them. So what I'm going to do to kind of go reverse is not look for other guys in that range who are going to be low chalk because I think it's hard to find unless you're going to look at guys who missed the cut last weekend. But um, absolutely love this range. Absolutely love the idea of going stars and scrubs this weekend. There is not a bad play in my mind you can't tell me that any one of these guys can't win the tournament and you can't tell me that on sunday that three or four of these guys won't be fighting for first place in the championship and everyone's gonna fade webb he just won that's the rule right fade the guy who just won well daniel Berger fucking dominated last weekend even though he didn't win the tournament and everyone faded him too it's true so i i think it's a it's a game theory strategy play i think they're all solid I, if I had to pick one that I liked the least, it would probably be Brooks. Watch Brooks ends up winning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm still going to play him. Still going to roster these guys. <sighs> All right. I got nothing else to say. I'm, I'm not doing it this week. I, I'm always forced to pick somebody. I'm just not picking. But if you I'm don't do it this week, doing it next week isn't going to give you that edge. Who said I'm going to do it next week? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've had a week since the last five weeks of the season last year where I liked a guy in the 10K. Fine. Fine. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Live blandly. Live boring. Sorry, All right. Scrubs is boring. <laughs> You're boring. 9K range. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, 9K range. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I like a couple of guys here. Really, only two. <laughs> two. Uh so I like Morikawa. I'm always in the Morikawa Van Ragen at 9,100. I don't care that he's going to be owned. I just, I don't know. 36th here last year. Uh, you know, 64th last week kind of burned a lot of people. I like it coming off a second. Maybe people will get off of him. I think if people are starting to roster these 10K guys or balanced, you're going to see people roster guys like Cantlay, God forbid, DJ, Justin Rose. I don't know how you roster answer. And I think Morikawa gets a little overlooked here because he just may have pissed some people off last week. Uh, short game's a little bit of an issue. He does struggle around the green at times, which are two of my key areas, but I think he figures it out here. Um, he doesn't have a huge sample size on, on these types of courses, so I'll throw that out. Yeah, I, this range is kind of hard to love anybody. If I were going to pick two, it would be Justin Rose and Morikawa. Those are the two um, of mine. 
I, I really like those guys. Even in the Vegas odds, you know, they're looking at 28 to 1 and 33 to 1 for Morikawa and 9,200 and 9,100, respectively. I do want to say DJ looked better last weekend. Um, the problem is, is that they bumped him up to 9,400. That is the biggest problem. And I don't know if I want to invest in a guy who. I mean, he got 10th of the Genesis, right? And 32nd at AT&T, but he just putted so poorly at the Schwab and now played so well at the Heritage. I don't know how it connects for a guy who in 2014 finished 31st here. Yeah, and that's the last time he played here. Right, so the last time at the Travelers. Um, 9,400 seems a little steep. I think he's the guy that gets lost in this shuffle. If it's not him, it'll be X, right? Yep. Xander, but I don't want Xander. Nope. Even I really, I mean, I, I don't love anybody here. I mean, I, like you said, Rose and Morikawa are my my two favorites in this range. But other than that, I I don't want to make a case for anybody because I just don't. I just don't. I mean, X is the sleeper. I, I I might go to him depending on how these lineup builds. If I go with this starts and scrubs route, so he he is an option. There's no doubt in my mind. But. Um, We'll talk about Cantley and answer a little bit later. Let's go to that 8K range. Uh, yeah, 8K. I, you know, um, I'm a can't. I'm a, a Paul Casey fan at 8900. I just don't know that it gets much better than that here. Uh, I mean, going back the last five years, he's top five or second four of the five years, and then 17th in 2016. Uh, looking at his, you know, recent form, we haven't seen him since WGC Mexico, but he got 11. He's basically built for this type of course, and he plays extremely well. Uh, if his irons are still dialed in from when we last saw him, then I think he's a, at 8,900. He should be up, and he easily should be up in the upper 9Ks. Uh, I don't care if he's over-owned. I'll find ways to differentiate. Uh, I'm all over him. I can't do Casey. I can't do his first tournament back. Why? Because you look at the, all the other guys who had their first tournament back. They, they've already played two tournaments. Right, he's coming in fresh. They're playing three. These guys are playing three weeks straight. Most three weeks straight. Yeah. Okay. They haven't played for how many weeks? Eight weeks before that. They're yeah. fresh. They're still fresh. Nah, they're weren't. They're burnt out. They've been lazy. They're overworking themselves now. Three weeks in a row. Nope. You're gonna start. You're gonna see injuries start popping up. No thanks. I mean, you're gonna fall in love with this traveler's course history. I understand that. Fifth in 2019. Second. Fifth. He's never won. Doesn't matter. He doesn't need to win at 8900. I understand. I, I'm not going to take a guy who is that rusty and who's going to be that owned. He's going to be that like His course history alone, regardless of the fact that he's just back. Why? He's you going, got Bubba right underneath him who's won here twice. But it's Bubba. It's like it, you know what you're going to get with Bubba Watson. Either he's going to make the cut, finish top 25, or he's going to miss the cut and he's going to burn you. That's fine. I, I'll, I'll differentiate elsewhere, and I will have all the cases. All right, so are you going back to Terminator, Sanjay M at 8,600? Uh, not as heavy as I usually do, but I am. And I think looking at his RBC history, I mean, his other worst putting on tour was at the RBC last year. So, I mean, he bounced back right after that and went on to be the Terminator that we all know he is. And we've seen him do well here. 21st, not great, but first appearance last year. Um, for 8,600, I think he gets back on track. I won't have a lot of him because I think he's still going to be highly owned because no one ever fades him. I think one of the things that I like best about Sung Jay is that he's 21st in the field in greens and regulation gain the last 50 rounds. He's 24th in strokes gain tee to green. He's 24th in proximity. 
He's ninth in birdie or better gained, and then he's ninth in strokes gained par four. Okay, so those aspects of his game fit this course. Where we worry about Sung Jae is always that approach, but this course is even shorter than uh, the Heritage, yeah. so he doesn't have to go down to that like six iron, five iron where where it's rusty and scary. He can stay up in the seven, eights, and nines, and and you just hope that proximity is really, really you know on point. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. I- I'm just not going to be as exposed, I don't think. I uh, can't believe I'm saying this. but Yes, do it. I know you're going to pick him. Pick. Sergio Garcia is a really good yes. play this fucking weekend. <laughs> I hate oh, fucking... Oh, God, I got re- to record that part and make sure I've got that ready. <laughs> I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. <laughs> yes, my rule is to not roster Sergio Garcia, but I might, probably will break that rule. All I need that guy to do is fucking putt, man. I tweeted this out on Saturday. I said, if Sergio Garcia could putt tomorrow, he's winning the tournament. And right after that, I said, if Abraham Answer could putt, he's winning the tournament. And Webb Simpson just, you know, played like Webb does and played out of his mind. Won by a stroke, by the way, over Answer. That's right. I mean, Garcia is a solid play. It's not like he's traveling overseas. His family lives in Texas now. He's flying to Connecticut. They're multi-millionaire he's fresh he's healthy Sergio Garcia is a good play he is I don't I don't doubt you at all that's a I mean he looks good and not like the Sergio that we want to say many bad things about for play and his um demeanor so Sergio my approach ranks ranks 21st and we're looking at approach that you know for this tournament specifically. Historically at the Travelers, my data goes back to 2014. He played in consecutive years 2014-2015, had a second place and 25th place finish. And then if you look on tour this year, uh only uh three tournaments with a cut. Uh, I'm sorry, two or three tournaments played in the WGC Mexico, so there's no cut event at the WGC. He's averaging 26 and has made cuts. I like Sergio at 8,500. Yeah, man, I'm with you. I have no issue with that at all. And then the next guy I like is Jordan Spieth. Yes, sir. Back on the train. I like it. Still priced where he needs to be. Exactly, and I, I, I think like people are gonna look at like their fantasy national models and look at the last 50 rounds, man. Dude, he ranks 136th in ball yep. striking. 132nd in approach in the last 50 <laughs> round. Like this terrible. guy, like if you like if you get take his name away, he looks fucking terrible. Like he, he would does. never roster this guy. Yep. Nope. I never. I don't know how he does it, but and I love that he faded off last at the end of the week too last weekend, which made it even better. Well, that's what he does every tournament. No, he was 10th in the swamp. He looked good. We'll see. Now, if he if he, if he put together two back to back top fifteen, I'd have been. I probably wouldn't play him this week. But I, I love that he finished. What was it? Sixty eighth. Yeah, sixty eighth last week. I love it. I'm on him again for sure. No, I, I I am I'm on board with you. Like he just looks the part right now. That putter is just incredibly hot. And then if you do look at the last twelve rounds, you know he still sucks in approach. He's 125th. And then he's 125th in par fours, but in birdie or better gained, 12th. And we all know DraftKings is about scoring and those birdies and those eagles. And you never know when he's going to hole out. Like, it's just crazy. I'll take Jordan Speed this week, and I'll take pieces of him. I think he's going to be low-owned because there's so many names up here where he's going to maybe get lost. 
Yes. And him sandwiched between someone like Answer and Fino. Well, he's not sandwiched between Answer, but between him, Garcia, Spieth, Woodland, Fino. Where, where, where are the people going to go first? They're going to go to Sungjae, and then they're going to go to Tony Fino. Yep. And then they're going to Gary Woodland. And then yeah. and Patrick Reed burned down everybody, but people are going to be like, That's I don't Patrick. want Jordan Spieth. I'm going to go Patrick Reed. Good, go Patrick Reed. Everyone go Patrick Reed. So, Fatty burned a lot of people this weekend. He should. All right, anyone else in this 8K range? We spent a lot of time on it. Um, I uh, think Mark I think Mark Leishman's in play. Yeah, he stole him. Yeah, that's who I was going to say, too. I, I do like Leishman at 8K. I think it's way, way too cheap. Yeah, my confidence rank, I got him ranked 34th. So, he... Vegas has yeah, him maybe. fifty to one. Um, looking at early ownership, he's kind of in the teens. Hopefully, that goes down as you know the week progresses. But um, decent top ten percentage, like fifteen percent, I'll take it. Yeah, he's got a bunch of he's got history here. I mean, he's good around the green. He's good with a short game in the last fifty rounds. Yeah, eight K, sure, sign me up. Um, so let's go down to that seven K range. I think this is kind of be as usual where you kind of make or break your lineups. And there's a lot of interesting plays here, um, all the way from RCB up to Neiman at 7,900. Who do you like? Give me some names. Um, off the top of my head, I think I am. I know, I know, I'm kind of off off this one. But Ian Poulter, I, I think I, met, I mentioned him last week. He ranks 10th overall, and what I'm grading out as, and that's coming from he his last 50 rounds looking at bentgrass courses. He is number one on proximity from 150 to 175. And he's number three on par four, scoring from 400 to 450. Uh, to me, those are two huge indicators for me with an 11th and uh, stroke gain around the green. Those last couple of weeks, he's looked kind of, he's been getting better and better. Uh, we look at the API, he was 32nd, Charles Schwab, he was 29th, and then last week he was 14th. So for 7,800, you're getting a guy that's got easily top 25 uh, value and can easily find himself at least in the top five uh, if he's got it, if he puts it all together this weekend. So I, I love Poulter. He's never played here before. It's my only red flag, but I don't care. A guy I got my eye on is Dylan Fratelli for 7,100. Ooh. Um, doesn't necessarily grade out well here, simply because if you if you look at the Travelers Championship course history, you played here last year and missed the cut, right? Um, yeah. But missed the cut at the Schwab at the Heritage, had 8th place. Before that, 18th and 58th. Um, always all over the map. When he makes the cut, he's got an average finish of 44th. Nothing's really going to wow you in pop here. But the thing is, on like, I do this on Fanshare. There's a way to look at like average-style courses that are the same as the Travelers. Mm-hmm. And he ranks 17th. And then if you look at Vegas odds, he's 125-1, to 1, which ranks 39th in the field. Um, so I don't think there's a lot of numbers here that are going to say play Dylan Fratelli. But I think that ownership's so low looking at like three to five percent that you could play him in a lineup or two in a 20 max and you could play him in like 10 lineups on 150 max and really gain edge on the field so fratelli is one of kind of like my 7k sleepers don't go heavy on him by any means it's dylan fratelli you know there's a lot of guys in this 7k range um but if a lot of people are gonna head towards varner or kevin na um i'll take a i'll take a shot on kevin uh, on dylan fratelli yeah i did i did he did pop for me and i didn't I didn't pick him this week, but I do like the angler here. And then another guy I'm going to go back to is Billy Horschel. Yep. He left a lot of guy, like sour taste in people's mouth last weekend because <laughs> a lot of guys touted him. I touted him. You touted him. Like, 
But I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's not a great golfer, but I mean, he if he can score for you, and that's what's important here. Um, scrambling wise, he's not the best, but where he is going to be successful is like those greens and regulation gained, and then I'll take my chances on the putter. Um, just hopefully, Billy Horschel will make that cut. Finish top twenty-five, especially at seventy-three hundred. I think he's a, he's a solid play for your lineups. My last seven K guy I want to mention is Scotty Scheffler. I really hope he just gets lost in the bunch because he's been injured, hasn't played, um, you know, other than the first, other than that first week back, right? He played that week, or did he drop that week too? Uh, no, I played that week. Yeah, I didn't pick him, but I think he did. Um, so Scheffler's skill level at this price is way too cheap. Yeah, he finished fifty uh, fifth at the Schwab. Never played here, and you might see him struggle on day one, but on day two he'll score well enough to make the cut. We saw the same thing. I'm not comparing the two, but we saw the same thing from Roy McIlroy um, this past weekend. Fair enough. But I'll tell you who I'm going to pick. I don't know that you're going to agree with this one. Um, and it just doesn't look good on paper, but I just I just have a good feeling that Jason Day at 7,500 is just way too cheap. I mean, 7,500? I mean, I know the guy is riddled with injuries. He missed the cut the last two weeks after withdrawing from the API the last time we saw him. Uh, he doesn't grade out the greatest. He's 66 overall on the model, but I think that's just because it's taken the last 50 rounds that he's just played like garbage. But he's got history here. He T8 last last year, 12th year before that, missed the cut in 2017. I'm going to take a chance on a guy that has a ceiling of top 10 for 7,500. Um I just don't see a reason why he can't do well here. Yeah, he's really cheap, isn't he? He's too cheap. He's too cheap. I, I, there's um, no way I can pass him at 7,500. I marked him in red on my on my model. And red means, like, if you have to. Um, <laughs> but... One thing that really point a thing that points out to me about Jason Day particularly is the new simulation model I created. He's got an average finish of thirteenth, and looking at about eighty one DraftKings points, and that's yeah. that that's that's one hundred and fifty thousand simulations. Yes, I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, his course projection we're looking at seventy one and a half. Seventy one and a half is going to get you you know, into the, into the cut line, it's going to get you in the top 25 plus the bonus points for your place finish. I think Jason day is a viable option, but at what point does ownership come into play? I don't think he's going to be that owned. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, he missed the cut last week. He missed the cut. At the Schwab. He looked terrible at the Schwab, but at least last week he was our, he was good. He's been good around the green in both weeks, which is what I really like. Um, his approach game has been awful, but Okay, if he can drive well and get close, then I think we've got we've got a case to be made. Um, his off the tee was good last week. I just think he's getting better. We're basing it off the last two weeks alone, which is dangerous, but he's getting better on a course where he's historically had success. And for seventy five hundred, there's no way I can just say I'm not going to play him. I just don't think a lot of people will, just because the last two weeks he's looked god awful. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great call. I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I'm not going to talk myself off Jason Day. I just don't know how much I'm going to get to, especially with the strategy I'm trying to impose this weekend. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. For me, it, it, it's, it's easy fit. I just, I'm, I agree with you. I don't know how heavy I'm going to go. I just need to wait for a little bit more ownership to pop up. But if it's low, if he's low owned, I will be extremely heavy on Jason Day. 
So I'll either be done on Friday or I'll be losing everything. All right, two guys that shouldn't be any secret are Neiman and Hovland. They're going to be over 20% owned. Everyone's going to talk about them. So, like, if you fade them, you're fading at your own risk. But it's most definitely definitely a, le- a leverage fade. Like, where you can go to JT Post and um, you, you can even go down to, like, Kisner, Brian Harmon, Corey Connors, Joel Dominey, and Poulter. Kind of leverage those spots. Not that, not that it's advisable, but um, I don't really like any of those guys. Maybe Kisner most of the yeah, guys I just right. mentioned. Um, but um, the seven K range is a lot of options. People are people are not going to play Benny on. Um, yeah, Jim Furyk down there at seven K too. Yeah, Jim Furyk, Max Homa, like you just got a lot of guys who who have flashed things. RCB man, RCB yeah. is seven K because he's been so bad at golf lately. So it'll yeah, be. I was gonna say, <laughs> I said it last week at the end of the podcast, but I'm not playing him this week. Is our winner from last year, Ches Reevy. He looked good on Thursday, but that was it. So I'm not playing Ches this week. So have that have fun with that. All right. Although that means he'll win again because when Ches Reevy Chalk Week comes, he bombs. But when he shouldn't have any part of it, he wins. So there you go. We'll see what happens this week. No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this will take this this will take us to our can't do it, won't do it segment, our signature segment, where Zach and I will look at golfers who are over 10% owned projected ownership that we can't play. Can't do it. Don't do it. Won't do it. Zach, your honor. Your honor. Your honor, your honor. Your honor says I want no part again of Mr. Dustin Johnson. What the hell is DraftKings thinking? Oh, we're going to price him down low last week where he he does fucking terrible. He comes up and shows a P17, so we're going to price him above all these other guys. Oh, wait, he's never played here before, and he's been inconsistent as shit for, like, the last 20 tournaments? Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot, DraftKings. 9,400? No way am I playing a guy who can't figure out how to putt for four rounds in a row. Oh, and by the way, throw in one of the heart, the top 15 hardest greens to putt on on tour. No thanks. Can't do it. Won't do it. My first can't do it is a golfer who's very good. He's just overpriced. And that's Abraham Answer at $9,000. All right. First of all, 46th in birdie or better gain, 35th in proximity. 40th in scrambling and 84th in driving distance. These are all in the last 50 rounds. Now, he does excel in greens and regulations gains, strokes gain, tee to green. Obviously, he's playing really well. Finished second last week. Don't get me wrong. But we've seen the variance in golf. And we saw Morikawa, after finishing second, just bite the dust. I'm banking on the same thing for Abraham Answer. I'm not going to buy this guy who's going to potentially be one of the three to five highest golfers on the slate. Abram answer for 9K. No, thank you. Can't do it. Won't do it. I like it. Who I else you got? One more. I've got one more. And you know what it is? It's every fucking buddy in the 10K range. There are six <laughs> golfers, seven golfers in the 10K range. They played 19 rounds, 19 tournaments here, and no one has won. The best they've done is a T3 from Justin Thomas in 2016. If you're going to tell me I have to pay 10000 of like 
No, just no, I'm just not gonna do it. There's no fucking way I'm gonna, like, no, just, it's not gonna happen. There, you could throw a dart in the 8K range and hit people who have won here more than anyone in the t over 10K. Nope, nope, I'm just gonna fade the whole thing. You know, I came on this morning and this afternoon and this evening, I was like, I have to pick somebody. And I picked Roy when we started the show, and then I walked off of him. No, I want nothing to do with it. I'm not forced to pick anybody. It's democracy, I'm not fucking doing it. Fine, more money for me. <laughs> Fine. Anybody else? Uh, I am not going to play Paul Casey or Patrick Cantlay. They're coming back. Haven't played for a long time. I don't care about course history. I don't care about form. But these guys are looking to be highly owned, and I do not want pieces of highly owned golfers coming off a long hiatus who have not played competitive PGA Tour golf. This is not going to your local park district course. This is the tour. These are real putting greens. These are real roughs. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. No rust. We'll see. Oh, we will see. All, we, we will, will see. see. We are completely opposite, and I love it. We One of us... Well, first of all, your strategy is going to like win you like $300. Like $200. You're playing safe. Fine. You play safe. You you take your little your little safety net and your little... Safety? Put safety net? You're going to your... play the guys that are the overall golf rank number one Put through six and call Put me your safe. Band -aid on. Oh. You're going to call me... You can't pick the top five golfers in the world and be like, I'm not playing safe. Call That's the mama. definition of safe. Call your mama. No, Jesus. Save me. Dude, Help a me, Stars and Scrubs lineup is the is going to be the optimal lineup this weekend. Stars and Scrubs. Like, it's going to yeah, win the we, chief... Uh, I'm going to win you, I'm going to win you, everything. Can you look at the last six years and tell me that the Stars and Scrubs lineup was the best lineup? You can't because no one's fucking won it since back in 2014. I'm going to win it. <laughs> I, I'm going to be the only tout out there who's calling Stars and Scrubs, and people are going to be like, oh, that guy. What's his name? How do I spell it? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut. Miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut. Miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. Well, this will take us to our signature segment, <laughs> Monsters and Guarantee. The MG, Monsters and Guarantee. This is your segment, Zach, where you made a nice proclamation oh so many tournaments ago, Martin Pillar. And, was it uh, the, uh, the uh, Puerto Rico, right? Wasn't it? Uh, yeah, uh, no, it was not the Puerto Rico. We did not do a podcast for the Puerto Rico. We did. No. It was on the off week for the... Fuck, I don't remember. Go back and look. We'll have to look. Anyways, our monster, a 6K guy who we feel will finish in the top 25, and then our guarantee, our 6K player that we guarantee to make the cut. I'm going to start with my guarantee. I'm going to go with my man, Vaughn Taylor. <laughs> Vaughn Taylor. Why I like Vaughn Taylor? He's ranked second in the field in the last 50 rounds in proximity and 15th in birdies are better gained. All right, does not have the driving distance. I'm okay with that. And as long as it's going in greens and regulation, Vaughn Taylor's going to be fine. He's going to make that cut um, if he has to scramble 
Obviously, it's going to be a long weekend, and my guarantee is going to suck. But Vaughn Taylor is my G, my guarantee. <laughs> 6,500, boom, lock it up, guarantee. You're going to need him with all those stars up there. Dude, I'm going to be rolling in all this money, reinvesting into this show, and you're like going to get you're going to get nothing but ridicule. I like your confidence. It's not confidence, it's truth. <laughs> we shall see. But anyway, the real guarantee of the week, 6600, Mr. Stuart Schink. 19th overall in my model. For 6,600, you should add him to your stars and scrubs lineup. He might help you out. He'll probably be their higher score than all your 10K guys. But in 2018, he he had a second place here. He didn't play here last year. Uh, he's looked pretty good over his last three tournaments on the PGA Tour with real greens and real roughs, as you said. Uh, T62 at the RBC last week, and then we saw him at the API at 47th and a 53rd at the Honda. So stringing together some solid some solid cuts he's third or fifth in the field on short screen approach on bent grass courses over his last 50 rounds 28th in jr's gained and 12th in proximity from 150 175. don't have to worry about distance here because i'm not on the distance train so stewart sink sneaks through the cut line and probably gets around a 50th maybe a 45th garbage <laughs> garbage all right give me your your monster your monster Oh, we're gonna go. We're gonna go double dose of monster here. Oh, jeez. Well, we gotta go with double dose of monster. On monsters? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm oh, gonna go oh. with Danny Lee. Yeah. Danny Lee, right now, in terms of his make cut percentage, is looking at 50%, 11.7% in the top 20, and that's exactly what we're looking for for our 6K monster. Is someone who's over 10% chance to make the top 25. Um, furthermore. I got to pull up his stats now, looking at stupid shit. All right, Danny Lee, last 50 rounds, 31st in ball striking, 61st in approach, 38th in strokes gained par fours, 35th in birdie or better gain, 52nd in strokes gained tee to green, and 78th in greens and regulation gained. Now, you're going to worry about proximity to the green. That's fine. Danny, Danny Lee is going to put the lights out this fucking weekend and get into the monster category. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I'll one-up you with a much better monster. <laughs> 6,500, Mr. Kevin Tway. You know, yeah, you, yeah. look at his awfulness. Yeah, he's been playing like shit. But he also, last year, when he finished fifth, he came off of a awful, awful, awful miscut at the St. Jude and a 65th at the Memorial. So we know he doesn't have to play well in his previous events to do well here. And that's shown in 2019 ET5, in 2018 ET6, 2017 he had 43rd. Made, you know, I, I'm good with that. I'm good with every part of that. Doesn't pop off the, the stat model for his last 50 rounds, but his scrambling does, which is going to be good here. His short game is 48, which I like. And his round the green game is 62nd. So not great, but he's got a ceiling of easily top five. And all he's got to do is make top 25. So you can knock out the top six 10K guys because they're going to be at the bottom. So he really doesn't have to beat that many people. So I'm all over Kevin Toy at 6,500. You've <laughs> left me speechless. All right, good. Just so while you're speechless, just, I will do my other just, one. Just when I think <laughs> you couldn't get any dumber. You do well, it gets better. You do something like this. It gets better. My second monster for 6,200 is Kyung Hoon Lee. Oh, you're going back to him, huh? 
Oh yeah, I think this is it. This is the one. He he only played here one other time, 2019. He got top 13. I'm good with that. So he's got a, he's got the ability. Looked awful getting cut the last two weeks. So he's got plenty of time to rest and relax. The only thing he's done well in his last 38 rounds in these courses is proximity from 150 to 175. So all he has to do is just get a little bit better at everything else, and he can do it. He's got the talent, he's got the ability, and he's done it here before, even when he's played terribly in the past. <laughs> this 6, is all subjective. This is not subjective. This is statistically <laughs> All he needs up. to do is get better at everything because he sucks at everything. <laughs> no, no. But he has gotten better at everything else. His off-the-tee game has been okay. His around-the-green game has been getting better. His last two weeks were a little bit rough. He was coming into form kind of you know, at the end of the year. But look at what happened at the Travelers last year. He came off a miscut at the U.S. Open. And then he got a 13th at the Traveler. You know what he did after that? Miscut, 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 miscut. Okay, he can be just terrible. And for whatever reason, he did well at the Travelers. I'm going to run with the same theory. Preceding the Travelers, he miscut, had a bunch of other terrible finishes at the Charles Schwab, the Byron Nelson, where he barely snuck through the cut line, lost strokes everywhere. But then he shows up at the Travelers and gets 8.4 strokes on the field because of his around the green game. I'm in. He's got the ceiling. 6,200. He doesn't need to do a lot, but he will monster this course. I mean, I am going to need 6K guys to fill out this, you know, stars and scrubs type of lineup. Uh, but uh... Hey, these by are, are by all means not overweight plays. <laughs> I'm just saying. All this right. is the guy that I think could outperform the expectation. My and be s- not off. My second monster is Sebastian Munoz at 6,800. Um, in the last 50 rounds in my Traveler's model, ranks 28th overall. 11th, the birdies are better gained. 28th in strokes gained, T to green. Does not scramble entirely well, but he's not awful either. He's kind of middle of the pack. Ranks 45th in the field and 48th in driving distance. What I do like about him is his approach. He's 34th in the field in the last 50 rounds in strokes gained approach. So I think Sebastian Munoz, if he gets his approach game going, putter going, really good chance to make the top 25 as a 6k monster now there's a 6k elephant in the room that we need to talk about and he's left-handed and he's great on twitter but maybe not great on pj tour anymore and that's phil mickelson holy shit is he in the 6ks 6900 dollars missed the cut here last year at the travelers has missed the cut at the schwab Missed the cut at the API, missed the cut at the Genesis. So this year on tour, three straight missed cuts. And let's not forget, though, he had a third place finish at AT&T Pebble Beach, which he loves Pebble, right? He's got to play well there. Oh, yeah. We've seen lefties do well here before, Bubba Watson specifically. Phil Mickelson, 6900 bucks. are you taking? Nope. I Honestly, I didn't. I scrolled right over his name because his – it didn't even his stats look so bad i didn't even stop but he's drinking more coffee <laughs> if that's what turns him around then i guess he's not terrible around the green i guess he's not that bad i'm still not playing him i, I i'm not going to alter who i already selected but i mean right now i got him projected at less than one percent yeah i could understand that Passing. I, nah, I'm I'm pass. I'm gonna pass. Passing. Yeah. All right. Any other guys you want to mention? Um, 
top of the head, I've got a couple guys that I've, I'm going to take a bigger look at. Russell Henley at 68. Uh, Russell Knox, if we're going to keep the Russell theme at 67. And uh, Steve Stricker as a short guy. Uh, is around the green game. His last 50 rounds is number one on my right, on my model. And then maybe some Ryan Armour and JJ Spawn to round it out. Not bad, not bad. What, about, what you got? I got Matthew Naismith. Got to go back to the Naismith train. Uh, mm-hmm. Even if he's like 5% owned, I'm still going to take him. Um, CT Pond, Harry Higgs. Most definitely look at those two guys a little bit more in depth, especially with the Stars and Scrubs build. And if we're going down to those like 6K, 6,100 range, um, Peter Melnati and Henrik Norlander. Is yeah, I like the Norlander call. Kind of where I'm going. Um, other than that, in this 6,000 range, I, there's not really anyone I love to say like, oh yeah, gotta play him. But Norlander kind of pops everywhere in this 6K range. He's really cheap. Um, again, you just need him to top 25 and he's going to pay off when you a lot of money has not missed the cut at the Schwab. So all these six K guys, you're looking at like bad golf, you know, you're, you're really hoping for something spectacular this weekend for them to pan out. Um, I mean, just to point out, since we've been back, the highest finishing position belongs to once we get up to 6,400 is Chris Stroud at 28th. And then we can Mm -hmm. go up to Michael Thompson or, um, Thompson last week who finished eighth, he's 6,500. Then you can look at Bryce Garnett last weekend at 17th, he's 6,600. Just looking at like guys like that that people are gonna people are always gonna flock to Doc Redmond. I know that um, Gup's Corner is always touting Doc Redmond, always touting him. Yep. Um, Johnny Vegas because he's got a badass name, two straight cuts made, 60th and 17th. Um, Luke List too. Even though he missed the cut last weekend, that's another guy yeah. people tend to play. Yeah, Luke List is a good one. So, but we'll see. We'll see how it shakes that, out. That we will. That we will. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All I'll right. All right. It's over. It is all over. That will wrap up the cut line and our analysis of the Travelers Championship. Bing, bing. Join us next week as Zach and I break down the. The motherfucking Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's next week. Nate Lashley. And speak, yeah, it moved on the schedule to the 4th of July weekend. Speaking of Doc Redmond, who came in second there last year. Oh, I remember. Won by Nate Lashley by six strokes. Was that the tournament where DJ was going to make the cut on Friday and he just, like, hit it straight out of, like, out of balance off the tee on 18? Because he was like, oh, I'm going to make the cut. I don't want to play anymore. I think so. Ugh. I'm looking it up now. Uh, maybe not. I don't see his name on the list. Uh, yeah, he missed the cut by. No, he missed the cut by. Oh, it might have been then uh, the RBC Canada. Yeah, might have been that one. Either way, okay. Well, we'll see you at the Rocket Mortgage Classic up at Detroit Golf Detroit. Club. That'll be on CBS with a purse of seven million five hundred thousand dollars. Again, I'd like to thank Fanshare Sports. I'd like to thank the PGA Tour. I'd like to thank you, the listener, because without you, we have no reason to do this. Zach, I want to thank you for another great show. 
Excellent work. Thank you. Great contributions, even though your 6K picks are going to suck. You can find Zach on Twitter at EaglesFan83. I'm Michael Cavalunas. You can find me on Twitter at Lunas. Of course, you can find the cut line at P. Cut line. Our DMs are always open. Wide open. Let's see some wieners and winners on Sunday. Later. Bye.